Recently, I asked viewers like you what they thought of Holland America, and I was surprised at the strength of negative views that came back. So I decided that I should explore the three biggest and consistent criticisms of Holland America to see if they were still valid. I've been on a number of Holland America trips over the years, but to see if and how things have changed, I booked myself on an 11-night New Staten Island cruise where I am now to specifically explore those three pressing issues. I was surprised by what I found as things have changed in ways I had not expected and, as you'll discover, there was an unexpected fallout from my trip. If you're new here, welcome aboard. I'm Gary Bembridge and it's my goal to make it fun and easy to discover, plan and enjoy unforgettable cruise vacations. The first key criticism or observation that people had about Holland America was that it's for old people. Now, of course, what is old depends on your definition and that too is changing. I'm 62 years old. I don't see myself as old. I like popular music, technology, and very active and adventurous. There is a reality about Holland America that does need to be considered and explored. Holland America is definitely a classic and traditional cruise line. They don't have resort ships with water parks, rock climbing walls, ice rinks, and video game arcades. They do have a more sober style cruise ships with familiar and long-standing cruise ship features and facilities like restaurants, bars, theater, spa, and pools. The daily program probably hasn't changed that much over the last couple of decades. It's structured around enrichment, quizzes, dancing, live music, dining, bingo, and production shows. Their focus is on a more, I guess, genteel and sophisticated rather than a party, upbeat schedule. Holland America is a mid to large ship premium line, which means it competes with lines like Celebrity, Cunard and Princess in terms of pricing anyway. It's not as inexpensive overall as resort lines like Royal Caribbean, Carnival, Norwegian and MSC Cruises, nor is it as costly as ultra luxury lines like Seabourn, Silver Sea and Region 7C. It's also less expensive than the smaller ship premium to luxury lines like Windstar, Azamara and Oceania. So that's kind of where it sits. So that combination of ship style, daily program and pricing is going to attract a certain type of cruiser. Honda America attracts people who like classic, traditional and a laid back type of cruising and want to avoid, in fact, a more energetic party resort atmosphere. Another thing that's important to note is Honda America itineraries, in my view, also strongly affects the kind of people traveling on the cruise line. So while they cover crowd pleasing and popular sun and sea regions like the Caribbean and the Mediterranean, they focus much more on destinations that are high on unique landscapes culture, history, art, and appeal to travelers looking for a really clear, distinctive destination experience. For example, they are the longest operating cruise line in Alaska. They've been there for over 75 years. Even when they go into the Mediterranean, they tend to focus a lot on ports that have cultural, historic connections, and their excursions also reflect that. They cover the Baltics, South America, and they skirt Antarctica. They also do world voyages taking travelers to exotic parts of the world, in Asia, for example. The bulk of their destination itineraries are going to appeal to travelers interested very much in the destination, the places it's going to, 
and what they can do once they get there rather than the ship and resort experience. It's about going places. So in my view, the reality is they are going to attract that type of cruiser. That group tend to be a bit more, shall we say, mature like me. A combination of wanting those itineraries with that sort of pricing and a more laid back rather than party and resort onboard experience is the kind of traveler it appeals to. Though the reality is that things on board are changing. For example, on their newer Pinnacle class ships, which I'm actually on now, which includes the Koningsdam, the New Staten Dam, and the Rotterdam, they have, as they do on all their ships, the Club Howe Kids Clubs. These are ramped up, they're bigger, they cater for kids from early ages through to teens. They also have family rooms on board these new ships. So they're starting to cater more for families, particularly in destinations like the Caribbean and the Mediterranean during school holiday time. This means that more multi-generational groups and to lesser degree families by themselves are starting to appear on board during those times. They're also focused more than ever on solo travelers, although they do only have limited amounts of solo cabins on the newer ships, but they do cater across all their ships with programs for solo travelers. Solo travelers who tend to be a little bit more mature uh, due to the Holland America mix and appeal. They're not solo travelers looking for a party. Despite these moves, Holland America does still offer travelers cruises where they can be fairly sure there'll be no or relatively few kids on board most of the time. So again, that appeals to a certain type of traveler. Harping back to my point about people demographically being more mature on the older side, they do act and behave very differently. And that's changing fast over the last few years. To cruise on Holland America, you need to be pretty sharp with technology. The Navigator smartphone app has become fundamental to the cruise experience. You use it to check in, it has a daily program on, you book and manage shore excursions, dining reservations, you review your statement and so on. You can manage without it, but most travelers are tech savvy and use it. I had so many people coming to say to me, they watch my YouTube videos, showing people coming on board Holland America are tech savvy and confident. Remember, this is the Facebook generation now, I guess. So it's definitely evolving. Holland America is, I could argue, for people who are a little bit on the older side probably, but it's more about what they offer. And that appeals to people who are seeking what they offer. And at the moment, they perhaps tend to be a little bit older. So whilst the average age is possibly a little bit higher than some of the other premium lines like celebrity, in reality, it's not that different to Princess, Cunard, and those other premium lines. Does it mean it's fuddy-duddy and boring? As that was the second big criticism, though, that people had. Is that true? Again, I've seen some significant changes over the last couple of years on Holland America, and certainly on these Pinnacle-class ships even more so. Let me talk about some of those things. First of all, probably the biggest change is the music walk. This is a big innovation, and this has changed the onboard experience a lot. The Music Walk consists of a series of themed and partnership music venues close to each other on one deck, which is deck two on the Pinnacle class ships. There's the Lincoln Center stage offering live classical music in partnership with the famous Lincoln Center in New York. There's Billboard on board with two pianists playing themed dueling piano sets, again in partnership with uh, the famous Billboard organization. Then there's the Rolling Stone Rock Room on the Pinnacle class ships in partnership with the famous magazine. Again, obviously playing rock music. Probably the most popular is BB King's Blues Club, again in partnership with the famous BB King's organization. They have an eight piece band playing here every night. Finally, 
There's now the high-tech world stage, which is the main theatre, which focuses very much on music and dance shows. If you are into music, Holland America definitely isn't boring, as there's a constant and very diverse range of live music right throughout the evening, every single evening. The other thing that I think has shifted to become trendier is the decor. While the decor is still fairly classic, many people called out and remarked to me that the artwork has changed significantly here on Holland America. It's now quirkier, it's more unusual. For example, on New Staterdam, it's very much music themed with some pretty innovative, unusual and definitely not boring and stuffy artwork. They're also reinventing some of the classic parts of the program. For example, their port-to-table cooking demonstrations are now a multimedia experience instead of just a chef basically standing in front of you chatting away, which you're going to see on other cruise lines. The enrichment talks have also gone that way with big screens and multimedia presentations. So although the program is traditional, it is shifting from becoming far from boring and standard. And probably most important of all though, it's not boring because of the destinations. If you're going on board Holland America, you're going to pretty interesting and exciting destinations with excursions which tend to explore culture, history and cuisine as I've already mentioned. However, there was another really big criticism that is fundamental to a cruise that people did criticize Holland America about. I've spoken to many people on the cruise about it and they agree with me though, this is one key area that has changed. Past travelers told me that while Holland America used to have great food many years back, in recent years they felt it had become weaker and certainly weaker versus some of the other premium lines, it just wasn't as good. On the trip, all the travelers I spoke to spontaneously commented on the food. They all noticed things had changed, but how? First, let me tell you what I experienced and then why this has happened. Let's take a look at what I experienced, starting with one of the areas that can be pretty average on many cruise lines and many ships, and that's the buffet, the Lido market here on Holland America. They have changed the Lido significantly. The big plus on Holland America is even pre-pandemic shutdown, they had largely served all the dishes and now it's entirely served by the crew, so that's a plus. But even more significantly is they've done a big revamp and they now have specific and themed stations. They have a series of nine different stations that are counted, which include distant lands, distance from regions of the world like Asia, roasting pan, which has kind of classic you know, joints of meat like beef joints, wild harvest, a great salad bar, sweet spot, desserts and other sweet treats, breadboard, which is different sandwiches, and rice, which is baked good. The latter, rice, is where I saw a really dramatic change in the range and quality of their pastries. I think that was a huge change. I actually ate in the Lido much more than usual compared to their closest premium competitors because I think this area has really improved and the food was really, really good. The main dining room, they've revamped design-wise. It looks pretty impressive again, although possibly the menu, I feel like might be slightly smaller from what I remember, but the quality again has definitely improved. An area they have ramped up a lot is speciality dining. There is the Pinnacle Grill, their steakhouse, which is probably their most famous speciality dining. It's, it's actually not one of my favorites, but most people seem to love that as a steakhouse. My favorite is Tamarind, which is their Asian fusion restaurant, which I think is pretty unique. The food there is, is outstanding. 
They also have a Nami Sushi restaurant, which is within Tamarind. This again is excellent if you like sushi, which I do. They've also spun out Rudy's Sal de Mer on their Pinnacle class ships. Now Rudy's Sal de Mer is named after the celebrity chef Rudy Soderman who designed the menu. On the older, smaller ships, it runs as a night within the Pinnacle Grill. But on the newer ships, as I mentioned, it's a standalone restaurant. This has amazing seafood. Canaletto, it's their Italian restaurant, which from a venue perspective, it's not great in my view because it's kind of within the Lido market restaurant in a dedicated area. But the food is really good, good Italian uh, food. It's one of the better Italian restaurants I've been to. Then, of course, you have some of the other included informal dining, like the New York Deli and Pizza and the very popular Dive Inn, which is burgers. That's always a big hit. The other key thing which they do is something I'm really obsessed with, and that's afternoon tea. On Holland America, it's definitely one of the better afternoon teas at sea, and I would rate it as one of the highest up there with things like Viking and Cunard. Everyone I spoke to agreed that the quality of food has improved, but how and why? Well, I discovered with a bit of investigation that they'd formed a seven-person culinary council of a series of famous chefs who run leading restaurants. It's chaired by Rudy Soderman, who I mentioned earlier. They've reviewed, designed, they monitor the menus, and they've changed the dishes across the fleet. And this has definitely made a difference, and it explains why things have improved. I was actually so impressed with my Holland America trip and the changes on board that whilst I was on board, I convinced my partner, who had been on Holland America previously and was pretty ambivalent about it, that he should give them another chance. So whilst on board, I actually booked a Coningsdam Mexican Riviera cruise as I want my partner to experience this improved Holland America. It's not old, it's not boring, and it doesn't have lousy food, was my experience.